called creeping. I didn't want to get too deep, but the different things, God started showing me the different, different birthing experience that he gives all of us. And this does relate to men and women. In case some of you men say, why is she preaching about birth and being pregnant? Amen. But this is to everybody because I'm talking about a spiritual pregnancy. Amen. So he started showing me different birthing and deliverance experience. Started coming to my mind. And I was reminded of after the flood when God told Noah to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. Noah walked in his authority. And there's a sense of powerless when we don't walk in our authority. We start wondering, God, how come nothing is working right, Father God? Everything I seem to do, or when I get ready to do something, something stops me, Father. But sometimes we're not walking in the spiritual authority that the Holy Ghost has given us. The thing is, some of us don't fully know what we are carrying, and we don't really know who we are. Praise God. So what, we, what happens is we quench the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God leads us in a way that God wants us to go and leads us in that path. So when we don't walk in our spiritual authority and we don't walk in the path that God has for us, what we do is quench the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is trying to get you to walk in the way that God would have you to go. But when we sit on that, we quench the very thing that God is trying to do through us. So some of us in here have been pregnant for a long time and God says time to give birth to that thing. And I know we hear 2008 is the year of new beginnings, but you know it is the year of new beginnings. But we just have to believe God and what he says. Beloved, I'm going to impose on you today and dig into your business today. And I'm going to ask you three questions. But before I ask you that, I just want to tell you that, I tell you about the act of being born and tell you about what a midwife does and how it's time when the midwife is, is there for, to give us birth and to usher us and to tell us when to push. Praise God. To tell you that it's time to push, to usher and to stir those things that have been lying doormat and a lot of us have a lot of dreams and visions that we've been sitting on and we keep waiting for God to tell us that God has already told you, I'll open up the door. What are you waiting for? Praise God. So to wake up those dead things, those things that have been laying doormat for months and weeks and years. And I'm speaking to your valley of dry bones. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. So he comes to waking up those dead things. That's been lying in doormat. The definition of a midwife. From the American Heritage Dictionary, a midwife is defined as a person who has been trained to assist women in childbirth. And training doesn't necessarily have to come from professionals because we women know that we don't need no one to train us how to get birth. It just happens. Mm -hmm. You can fill the earth to push and it's time to push. Amen? Amen? But God said, no child left behind. I come by way of experience because I am going presently going through a birthing experience myself. So I'm here to encourage you as I go through my time, my labor and delivery. And it doesn't matter what age you are, because sometimes when you start ministering and you have people who feel like, well, God, I live my life. What else, what else is there for me to do? Or you start thinking, there's nothing else for me to do. You know, the devil is alive. Because as long as you have breath in your body and while you're here, the Bible says the harvest is right, but the labor is a few. There is still a ministry. There's still something in you that God needs to use. Amen? Because everybody has a purpose and a plan from God. You can still give birth. To something that you have a passion to do, and you just have to see it in the spirit, you have to conceive it. The word conception refers to the act of becoming pregnant. When sperm meets eggs, is when the vision meets the spirit, when revelation is perceived, and your view of and what you view it as means what you're pregnant with. You the word conceived, the vision is conceived in your mind and in your imagination. And sometimes God will give it to you in a dream. He gives you a device, a plan, an arrangement, something that you invent in your mind. When the Lord impregnates the vision and plan, it is supposed to develop from zygote to embryo to fetus to neonate to newborn, and then it will start to materialize and manifest. 
other day at the after school program, and I asked her, what's the difference between a career and a job? So I list them down, and they started speaking, and they was on point to talk about career things like a doctor or a lawyer, things that you go to school for and you train to become. And so what I did was encourage them, and I said, do not be afraid to go after your dreams. Because I said, a lot of us adults have sat down on our dreams. So maybe someone's spoken something negative in our life, and we, we have never moved from that. Because words are powerful. They are very powerful. They're worse than someone spanking you. Amen? And they stay with you. And what happens sometimes, they cripple you from moving. Because you start to dwell on that word. Because you don't know who you are yet in God. But you know that in God, we're new creations. Amen? So I started speaking to them about their dreams and visions. And go after it. I don't care what anybody says. If God's giving you something, you stand on it, believe God, and know that he will give the increase. The difference between a job and a career. Some of us are not happy because we work on jobs that we hate. And we want to tell the truth. Sometimes we work at jobs, we're frustrated, we're unhappy. We want to know why we work so while we struggle. It's because we're not in our position that God already visually designed for us to be in. So we've gotten away from the original plan of God. But thank God, when He brings us back in, He starts to resurrect those things that He originally put in your belly from the beginning. Amen? Praise God. I know for myself that I'm a witness. So the reason why we struggle, we're frustrated, we have attitudes, we get weary because we're not happy. And that's what we need to go to God and pray to God, what is it that you would have me to do? Why am I frustrated? Why am I going from relationship to relationship, from job to job? You're just walking around in an endless circle because you're not in the position where God called you to be. So what you need to do is just pray, ask God, God, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? So we deal with a sense of uncertainty, denial, the lack of confidence in God, and then we live in fear. We keep taking pregnancy tests to see if we're pregnant, if we're really pregnant, what we're really carrying. And a lot of times we ask, we look for other people to validate what God has called us. We keep asking people, what do you see? Do you see something in me? What do you see? What we need to do is go to God and ask God to reveal to you his perfect plan. Amen. When this word came to me, I began seeing women giving birth. And some women gave birth in different ways. There was a self-birth. There was a woman who had no midwife, but after going through so many things, so many trials, so many calamities and catastrophes, she found strength. She said, I'm sick and tired of sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of being broke. I need a change. So praise God. That woman developed strength by praying to God when she delivered the baby herself. Maybe she inherited strength from her family or after coming out of something or just plain tired of her life. Praise God. So sometimes our misery are turned into miracles. Then I saw women who had been wives. There are people that God has assigned to you to help you push and bring that thing forth. Some of us need coaching. We need to take a Lamar's class. We learn how to read. We learn how to be patient. We learn how to be content. We learn temperance. And then we build character during the process. We learn how to push so we don't give up in the wilderness. In the middle of the struggle as we travel to our promise. God placed folks in our lives for a reason, a law. And you have to discern the season and discern the time. And ask yourself, and I ask God, why is this person in my life? God, I know in my own life, just as God was leading me, there were people that he had planted already, lined up to be a blessing, to make sure I get to what I got to do. That's why we held accountable to one another. No child left behind. Praise God. If God is moving me somewhere, I want to see you move the same way that God has called you to move. We are a body. We are one. Praise God. And in the church in Acts, everybody had all things in common. Everybody was blessed because everybody was a Praise God. So 
and don't know what to do with it. How many people have babies and they don't know what to do with the baby? We have the child, we have the beginning, we start something, but we don't know how to finish it. It's in our hands, but we're puzzled about what to do, what step I'm supposed to take. How many of us started out to do something and we gave up because we didn't have a clue what we're supposed to do or, or because we have a fear of success? And then some of us have fear of failure. So then that cripples us, so we won't even move to the next step. Praise God. But we have the responsibility to do what God called us to do. So we put aside our creativity. We put aside those things that God has given us. You don't understand this thing that God has given you that's going to be a blessing to the next generation. So when you hinder that, you hinder what God has for the next generation because it's birth. Praise God. And God wants to bless our children and our children's children. So, I create, so we put our creativity on hold, thinking that this is not the time. And actuality, God is saying to push and to do a new thing, to get us out of that rut, that hard place, that crazy glue, that, that stronghold that's keeping you back. Every time you start to move, something keeps pulling you back. And sometimes a generational person, you keep going back to that old place. But God already told us that all things are becoming new. I'm doing a new thing. Can you even conceive it? Praise God. So we talk ourselves out of it and then we stay stagnant. But that's not the plan of God. Understand that the next move can be the blessing that is going to get you out of debt, out of generational cycles, or mistakes. I'm preaching to myself right now, but this is something I had to minister to myself. I said, God, I don't want to stay the same way. Something different should be different the next year. I shouldn't be coming to God for the same thing after time after time after time. And we're supposed to be walking in pistols, so people should see us and say, wow. Look at the glory of God. I'm not talking about materialism. I'm not always talking about, I'm not talking about money. Because we get enough of that prosperity preaching. But when you talk about prosperity, we're talking about God is saying being prosperous in your mind, in your spirit, in your health. Amen? Amen. That we are whole in Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So that is what God dropped into my spirit as I was journaling. And sometimes we get a saying that, man, you know, you're sitting on gold. A lot of us are sitting on gold. We're stopping ourselves. We are our own worst enemies. We are our own blessing blockers. Then you have the ones that God showed me that have they terminated their visions. Amen. They abort their missions. They terminate their purpose and their prophecy. And the reasons were because they were unwilling to be obedient. They procrastinated. And procrastination is a sin. And God revealed that to me. Procrastination is a sin because you're not moving. You're sitting there. So then you sit around with the shit and sit with and then you stop being critical of everybody else, finding fault with everybody else because you're not happy, because you're not doing what God called you to do. So you want to sit back and be judgmental. God keeps sending us help. He gives us resources. But one thing you got to pay attention to what season it is. And that's God to help us discern the time so we can move. But when we don't move, what happens we end up settling. And then we stop making excuses for why we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? Or maybe we have some Sarah's in here. Those who gave their vision to somebody else, or they passed the baton to someone else, they decided to live with the, I could have been this, and that should have been me, and why she up there, why he up there, I was supposed to be up there. So you sit back with all that festering, and then you go into another trip, and then you have your own little pity party. Praise God. So when we do that, we live with regret and bitterness and envy and displacement. We become analytical. We start having critical commenting and become judgmental. Then we develop a spirit of failure. The Bible says Sarah despised Hagar after the baby was born. Those who put the neonate baby, the vision, the dreams, the mission, the goals, and prophecy in foster care. But no, we gave it to Hagar. Praise God. So when you have, when you 
praise the name of God. So we have to remember what God says when we're going through all this stuff that we're going through, which looks like an earthquake season, because everything is topsy-turvy upside down. But because God has already given us this word, we have to stand in the word because this word is authority. Authority over every devil, every lie. We know that no weapon that falls against us is going to prosper. Amen. So we have to know. We have to stand on God's word. Plant and watch it grow. And produce seed after seed. Praise God. So God says it's time to give birth to whatever you have in your belly. In all of this, God is saying, write it down and make it plain. Notice that when people are making a business deal, they ask you, can I see this in writing? Because when you write something down, God gave you a revelation that this, this prophetic, there's a prophetic body that when you write stuff down, you're making it plain, it becomes concrete. Like he did to Moses when he wrote his commandments on the tablet. This is something that can't wash away because God just said he was going to perform it. So know that the good work that Jesus has started in you, he's going to bring it to completion. But that's to those of us who believe the word of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So there's power in the pen. God shared this with me a long time ago. That when we start writing the vision down and we start journaling and journaling and writing down, it's like a focal point, something that you can go back to and say, okay, God, you told me this and you told me this. Thank you. 
that God has in store for you. In Isaiah, God had a plan to place and redeem his people. God wanted to redeem the time and restore them back to their former place. Amen? So going through the wilderness, you got to understand, you just on the path to your mission. Don't get nervous in the wilderness. When you know that God is working things out, why get nervous? And my, you know, my friends get mad at me because they want me to get upset. They want to know, why are you not upset? Why are you not mad? I'm like, but I believe God. Why am I getting nervous? And then I say, you know what? That's how you stop seeing where we are in God. I'm like, wow. Because we can sing all the songs all we want, but until you find yourself in a situation, God is going to say, do you really believe this now? Do you really believe that I want to bless you? God enlarge my territory. Sometimes you got to find yourself up back against the wall. And you got to watch God work. God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord.